When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on the driver who treats the highway like a racetrack and the shoulder like a passing lane. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California. Subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors, which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates Northbrook, Illinois. It's Monday, September 6th. I'm Jeff Schwartz alongside Gabe Goodwin. This is Jeff Schwartz. It's smarter than you. We have some updates to our program during football season. We'll be doing now three episodes a week. We'll still do our, our major NFL show. That'll be out on Tuesdays. We'll still do our gambling show on Thursdays. And we'll include now some college football and gambling. And we're doing a bonus show for the college football season that'll air on Mondays. If you're listening to this now, this is the new college show. We're going to cover some college football for you guys this year. We're going to take you through my top six teams each week as of that week, because the preseason rankings have proved, especially in week one, to be worthless. And we'll touch on a few more topics we think we learned in week one. And uh, Gabe, how are you, man? A, a first weekend of college football in the books. Oh, it felt so good. My uh, my three-year-old son was watching game day with me when Coach put the helmet <laughs> on. He was smiling and laughing. He couldn't understand what was happening, but a big dog head was on top of an old man, and he loved it. College football's back. Fight on. USC won. I'm pumped. Yes, Oregon won close. We'll get to, to all of the Pac-12. We'll get to some Big Ten action. But first, we'll go through the top six after really – one big weekend of football, a little bit of week zero football, and plain and simple, Gabe, Alabama's the best team in the country again, again. And I know people get tired of listening to people ramble about how good Alabama is, and I used to be a hater of the SEC conference. I used to say to myself as a West Coast guy, screw the SEC, I'm tired of hearing how good they are. 
But I've come to appreciate what Alabama is. 44-13 over Miami. Bryce Young in his first game as a as a college football quarterback. His first start, I should say. He played a little bit last year. Barely a little bit last year. 27-38, 344 yards, four touchdowns. Guys, Miami's not a bad football team. And they made Miami look like they shouldn't even belong on the field with them. It was so impressive to watch Alabama just restock. Right, They have five stars on five stars keep coming in. But here's what it is, Gabe, is these young players, they want to win too, right? You sit behind someone in front of you and you're, you know, you're on the team when you win a championship and you're still going to wear that ring, but it's not really your championship, right? You didn't help win that game. Now these players that are coming up, Bryce Young, all the young offensive linemen now, the new running backs, new wide receivers, new linebackers, new pass rushers, they want to win their own title, right? And so the standards are still very high at Alabama. And even Nick Saban was cussing out his team with six minutes left because something didn't go right. And I love the fire they play with Alabama. I mean, by far, best team in the country. Well, that's a time saver to say Alabama's the number one. I don't think you're you're breaking any news uh, for people in your top six. I know you're going to say some names soon that will trigger trigger people a bit, but I guess I want to ask you one thing. Uh, a week or two ago, people got all worked up because there was a picture of Mac Jones, Jalen Hurts, and Tua Tagovailoa all together. And it was like, yes. oh my God, they had all three of these guys. Guys, nothing's changed. The three quarterbacks they have now are all going to be first rounders <laughs> one day too at every position. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's more about that these guys are all starting in week one. I mean, it's pretty impressive when you look at what Alabama has done to put three guys starting. And look, they have not had a great record, track record of quarterbacks succeeding in the NFL at a high level, which they haven't had. But look, they're getting better players at that position. They, they got by for the first part of Saban's tenure with just defense and special teams. Now they're they're blowing people out. I mean, they are going hard with, with these blowouts, and it is impressive. All right, coming in number two. Back to the SEC, the Georgia Bulldogs, a 10-3 win over Clemson, an ugly game where no offensive touchdowns were scored. The only touchdown of the game was a pick six by by Georgia, picked off uh, DJ Ungo Lely. Uh, that was a tough go for him, and not his first start, but the first start, obviously, of the season. Clemson's offensive line, low-key game, for years has not been as good as their record has been. Yeah, if you go look at, at, at their draft picks, uh, so they've had, obviously – a fantastic run of uh, of offense, right? Deshaun Watson and Trevor Lawrence. But look at their offensive alignment drafted. This year, this past draft was the first time they had a guy drafted high in many years. So Jackson Carmen was a second-round draft pick. Before that, in 2020, they had a fourth-round pick and a seventh-round pick. And then you have to go all the way to 2014 to find your next offensive alignment drafted. What is that? Is that just scheming their way to success? They, Great they quarterbacks and, look, and receivers? And against Alabama when they won the title a few years ago, they, they, their offensive line played really well. Or was it maybe it wasn't the title, but semifinal game, whenever it was. Like their offensive line was like, oh my God. I mean, they, they step up in big moments, but they just haven't been as good as their record would indicate. And that hurt them against Georgia. Now back to Georgia, JT Daniels was 22 of 30 for 135. I mean, look, offensively, and I talked about this game. Uh, heading up into this week at Twitter and my other things I do. And my concern with them was offensively. Like they just don't really have that explosive play threat in the pass game. They ran the ball. Okay. Um, you know, they averaged 3.9 yards a carry, but you take out, you know, JT Daniels kneel downs and you get just about four. I mean, it, it was okay. Um, but they, they got to do more on offense, but they beat a ranked team in week one. So they're number two right now. All right. I mean, some people would want to debate that. Uh, we're going to have a chance to come back to Georgia in a minute. But I notice you don't have Oklahoma at number two, which means they must be coming in somewhere in the top six. But who's your number three? I'm going to go with Ohio State here. Um, okay. It wasn't up and down performance uh, against Minnesota. 
But I give him the edge here. They scored a ton of points, as no surprise. C.J. Stroud making his first start uh, was 13-22 for 294 yards. A lot of those throws, well, guys are wide open, right? And, and they were playing against defensive backs from Minnesota, Gabe, that might not have been faster than you. I mean, it was not the best matchup for Minnesota's secondary. But the reason why I have him third is they did go on the road on a Thursday and play a quality opponent in their own conference, right? So that, that gives a bump over Oklahoma narrowly beating Tulane. Ohio State, Oregon this weekend. Um, I cannot wait for that. We'll talk a little bit more about that game at the end, but they're number three. And I'm going to get to number four. I'm going to skip you, Gabe, real quick. Number four, okay? UCLA Bruins. Here we go. UCLA, the, the, the Sissy <laughs> Blue Bruins. Sissy Blue Bruins. Here's why. Here's why. Look, you could go to anywhere else, guys, and get Clemson up here, or Oklahoma up here, <laughs> on, man. or A&M up here, whatever you want to do. Whatever you want to do. Here's The fact of the matter is, UCLA was was picked to win six games this year. Okay, they they got one first place vote in the Pac-12 South. All right, they're supposed to be the fourth best team in a division. LSU was ranked 16th in the country. They came into the Rose Bowl and got pushed around by the Bruins. End of story. Okay, I don't want to hear these excuses from SEC fans. It's always an excuse whenever an SEC team loses. Oh, LSU is not as good as we think. Oh, they they sucked last year. Blah 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 blah. No no, the Bruins up front punked LSU. End of story. They're up 30, what, 37-20 in the fourth quarter in that game? Like, they they dominated that game. Give the Bruins credit. Are the Bruins the fourth best team in the country? No, but they deserve credit for beating LSU in the Rose Bowl when really, look, again, the Bruins' win total was like six, six and a half. I mean, no one thought they were going to be good this year. That's very nice uh, pitch for UCLA. I think you need to clarify your homerism here. You're an L.A. guy. You grew up rooting for the Bruins. Uh, your Pac-12 deep down in your core. Number four? I mean, come on, man. I, I saw it some was, of it. I was impressed. but It was it was nice to hear the, the fight song uh, throughout the night. But, I mean, it's hard to find a more impressive performance of an, of an FBS team, you know, beating a ranked, a ranked opponent this weekend, right? I mean, you know, they're I mean, like an unranked. So you can look at, you know, Virginia Tech beat North Carolina, but that game was 17-10. But you just told me the rankings don't matter. Well, yeah, because we're, we're, well, I mean, we're going off of what we know. And UCLA right now, to me, is is in this spot. Are they right. the team in the country? Nope. I'm going to give some love to my Bruins. Look, Ed Orgeron slandered them, called them the sissy blue Bruins, which I get. He's a USC guy. It was a USC comment. I loved it. Uh, and I hope UCLA makes sissy blue shirts. I will wear a sissy blue shirt. But sorry, Gabe, USC is not in the top six. All right. We touched on Oklahoma briefly. You know, they barely get past Tulane. I don't think anyone was blown away by their week one effort. But they have to still be in everyone's top whatever. You have them at five so far? Yeah. Look, it's the same story with Oklahoma, right? Offensively, top-notch, defensively, still the same. All right. They're, they're 37-14 at halftime. One scored three points in the second half. Uh, but they allowed they allowed a ton of points, and Tulane was driving to go win that game at the end, and just just came up a little bit short. So um, I am, I mean, they they are what they are. They're they're not gonna they're not gonna make. Um, I mean, they may make a playoff, but they're not doing much. All right, and then since this is a top six for some reason, I like that we're breaking the norms, and you've got UCLA at the four spot. I'm curious who six is. Yeah, I'm going Penn State here. Okay. Um, and maybe the ugliest game of the weekend outside of, of the one played in Charlotte. Penn State, Wisconsin. Uh, 0-0 at halftime. 
Penn State ekes one out, 16-10. And Wisconsin, I mean, they had the ball for 44 minutes, if I recall, if I'm, if I'm right there. Um, they had the ball the entire game and just they – they had the ball for 42 minutes. Yeah. But had three turnovers. Bad Wisconsin had, tw- had 29 first downs to Penn State's 11. They had tw- uh, they had 22 third – there were seven of 22 on third down. I mean, Wisconsin just had the game to win and just didn't do it. But I'm giving Penn State credit here. Defense was fabulous. Clifford, the quarterback, still some concerns with with a new OC, especially, but they did enough. They made adjustments. Wisconsin never did, and they they went on the road in 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 their in their conference and won a game. So I'm going six for Penn State. Okay, I like it. We're going to come back to a couple of these teams in our next segment, but just while we're in this sort of strange top six format, let me throw a few more teams at you, get the rest of the country involved, and make a a sort of a case. How about Cincinnati? If we're getting weird. Right? Quarterback looks good. Maybe long shot Heisman contender. Good win first week. Any chance they come in close to your top six? I mean, I mean, they won 49-14. They drubbed uh, Miami. I'm, I'm fairly certain they're up like 49-0 at one point. I think Miami scored uh, a couple a couple late. Uh, oh, my God. They get Murray State next weekend. So I hope they're able to win that game. And then, look, we'll know more about them. They get, they're at Indiana, and they have at Notre Dame. So, Let's let's uh, let's look back at Cincinnati after after four weeks, and, okay. and we'll get you. We'll uh, we'll see what that at, at Indiana, who uh, will probably drop out of the top twenty five after their their poor showing uh, this weekend, and at Notre Dame, who um, Brian Kelly's still butchering that joke that he tried to tell last night. I don't want to even go near it. Uh, Texas is back. We get to say that every few years. Sark is there talking about former SC coaches. There he is. Texas beat. Apparently Louisiana is a top twenty-five team. Talking about preseason rankings that mean nothing. Uh, that that no Louisiana is a, a tough out. That was that's, oh okay. Uh, yeah. So you don't want to put Texas uh, in though. No, um, I, I will say, Gabe, I was pleasantly surprised by Texas in this game. They came out early and just didn't really let up. Right, there was twenty-one twelve and twenty-eight twelve, thirty-five twelve. They just kept grinding on on Louisiana. I I look Sark. Um, had a tough time at, at USC. The ending, right, was was a little rough there. He went back to Alabama, kind of went to Nick Saban's rehab school and came out the other side. And I, I actually, I'm, I think he could do a, a good job. Offensively, they'll do fine. Recruiting, got to, you know, got to continue to recruit well, have to be good on defense. The defensive coordinator, very inside football here, but came from Washington, Pete Kukowski. And Pete Kukowski can coach defense. He's he's was at Washington for a long time. Washington has been very good on defense, and Texas took him away. M- more money in and out from from Jimmy Lake. So they they have the coaching staff. It's just a matter of putting it together. And thirty eight eighteen. I mean, not a bad first start for him. No, and I mean, winning the Big Twelve would get you in in the conversation. They're off to a good start. Former Big Twelve team, team that I feel like maybe this is just because of where I grew up and the teams I pay attention to. I feel like we always forget about them until they're about six and zero. Um, you sure you don't want to have Texas A and M kind of bumping into that top six? Couple running backs going crazy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean A and M was it was it was thirteen three like midway through the second through the third quarter. I don't know. Okay, not impressed. I, a little sloppy. They have Colorado this weekend uh, in Denver. They should smoke Colorado. Um, but look, they're they're going to be a top five team i think top it'll be fifth place i think in most polls heading in next weekend um you know look jimbo fisher just got another extension you know but they have i think it looks like week six they get bama so i'll, I'll come back to you about AM in, in week six all right that's about when i normally say oh yeah right okay they're not for real uh we talked about clemson we're going to talk more about clemson in the context of just getting the you know the acc getting blasted by the sec in a non-shocking event 
Um, so your top six is fun. I like that we're going to keep doing this every week. And just clarify it one more time. These are right now based on what we've seen, where yes. things stand. Yes. Okay. What we've seen right now. All right. Well, then go Bruins. Uh, let's take a quick break. Come back to do some other things we think we learned uh, about the top 25 and some of the biggest names in college football. We'll be right back on Jeff Schwartz is Smarter Than You. Jeff, we're back. We're going to do some things we think we learned. I will play the part, as I often do with you, of sort of the internet, the guy with the takes, the person who just fires things out, and then you maybe tell me if I learned the right lesson or not, okay? All right, so Bama dominated Miami. We, we hit that. Georgia held Clemson to three in the biggest win, win of the week, both at neutral sites. So here's what I think I learned. The season is over. The top two teams are set. It's basically the SEC or nobody. That's it. We can just skip to, like, New Year's Eve, right? I mean, look, um, Ohio State's going to have a say in things, right? A young quarterback on the road making his first start. But defensively, I don't know if they're good enough, right? You look at a lot of these teams and you say, hey, you know, what What are their weaknesses? And did it look that way in week one, right? Oklahoma's weakness has been defense. Their defense did not look at much improved. Ohio State, secondary, didn't look much improved against Minnesota. Um, you, look at, you know, A&M, we'll see how they do against Colorado this weekend, a more formidable opponent than the Kent State, whoever they played. Um, you know, Miami, again, got smoked by Alabama, Clemson, Georgia. I think Clemson, if they could fix their offense a little bit and get DJ some more protection, they'll be there. Iowa State, who's supposed to be, um, you know, some some now ruthless Big Ten killer opponent. They beat Northern Iowa 16 to 10. I mean, for the most part, Gabe, this weekend was a complete blah fest outside of of um, of LSU and UCLA. I mean, Clemson, Georgia was an entertaining, low scoring game. Penn State, Wisconsin wasn't really. Um, you know, last night we saw Notre Dame and Florida State play. That was a good game as well. Um, but right now it's it's Alabama. I mean, I don't think Alabama would beat, would beat Georgia fairly handily right now if they played. But we'll see how things shake out. Injuries play a big part in this. And a lot of teams make their best improvement from week one to week two. And so we'll see how Oklahoma looks in week two. We'll see how Oregon looks in week two. Oregon does have Ohio State, like I mentioned. Um, and we'll see how some of these teams look. Iowa, Iowa State's this weekend, right? It's a big game for both. Iowa beat Indiana uh, very, very big this weekend. Uh, and so we'll see how these teams look yeah. in week two or three. But right now it's Alabama, dude. It's all Alabama. And honestly, I mean, they were like a three-score favorite over Miami, a ranked team yeah, at a neutral covered. site. And they cover – and. You know, I it just it's hard for me to imagine even against Georgia, they're anything less than like a nine and a half, ten point favorite. I just don't I don't see how anyone competes with them. They got the defense looks great. They got the quarterback that just slides right in. You know, we, we talked about it a few minutes ago. They lose basically every starter to the draft, the first round of the draft, and it makes no difference. Uh yeah, again, I I I think it's the mindset of wanting to win their championship for themselves. Because again, another one of championships, I can't speak to this, but you know, if you win a championship, if you're not actually playing that game, I'd imagine you're happy you won and you brag about the ring on your finger, but you know, you, you want to win that yourself, right? You want to be part of that team that wins that. And plus, look, a lot of these guys are playing for the NFL, right? You sit for one or two years at Alabama and then you immediately come in and you get your chance for one or two years to go to the NFL. And so guys play like it's their last year in college because they're trying to go to the NFL. Happens all the time there. So this this kind of just keeps rolling on. But even more impressive, Gabe, is they have a new OC this year, right? Bill O'Brien, who is actually a good coach, terrible general manager. He's the new OC this year, right? Uh, uh, they have, you know, they rotate in defensive coordinator. So it's, it's just impressive to see this factory keep going. 
It is, and I will predict that in a couple of years, Bill O'Brien will be at some other national title contender with 100%. A, with a dream job, and it'll be yet another rehabbed, you know, rehashed quarterback who now you, has loyalties to Saban. I think this is all a scheme by you, Saban. You know where you know where I hate you know where I would hate for him to go is USC. I I would like that. Don't go to USC. Stay away, please. Hey, listen. After leave week Clay one, Helton in that, Clay Helton looks leave, good so far. Leave Clay in that soft offense oh, uh, in, in the Pac-12 conference. Don't troll. Listen. The other side of this, the the Bama and Georgia success was you were one of the people just a few weeks ago who tried to tell me to take the ACC a bit more seriously this year, and you you called out <laughs> UNC. You told me UNC might have it. What happened? Yeah, the ACC had a bad weekend. Um, Look, for a while, they've been propped up by Clemson. It's an argument that I've made out West is that, look, hey, the Pac-12 might not have a Clemson, and we certainly don't. Um, but look at the rest of, of the Pac-12, the depth the Pac-12 has versus the depth of the ACC. So, so you know, North Carolina was supposed to be um, a playoff contender this year. Sam Howell, their quarterback, supposed to be a top, a top pick. Goes into Lane, into Lane Stadium, Virginia Tech, loses that game. Charlotte. My hometown 49ers um, beat Duke. I know it's no small feat to beat Duke, uh, but <laughs> but but it was their first win against a Power Five team. They had not been a Power Five team yet in the, in the program history. The program has been like seven years. Al, you know, Miami got drubbed by Alabama. Clemson lost to Georgia. Um, look, Syracuse beat Ohio. I mean, Pittsburgh beat UMass. Congratulations. But North Illinois went into Georgia Tech and went to Atlanta and beat Georgia Tech. Like so, these are not these are not like Florida State played much better offensively than I thought they would. Uh, they hung tough with Notre Dame, so there are some a couple positives there. But the wins really didn't come for them, and you know, I'm their conference is. I think people are seeing probably not as good top to bottom as we thought because Clemson buoyed that you know buoyed them up a little bit. Yeah, and you know we can joke like we did earlier that the preseason ranks don't mean anything, but they kind of do when you're in the ACC, like you sort of need to be overrated to start and then just hold your position and let other people lose. When the top teams in the ACC all have one loss and eventually are going to beat each other, I don't see how they get anyone in, you know? Well, I, I mean, Clemson feels like they're going to win that, you know, win that conference again. And but now, but now, but now the tiebreaker goes to Georgia yeah. in a, in the playoff, right? So if Georgia and Clemson have the same record, Georgia gets a tiebreaker. So it's going to be hard for Clemson again, I think, which might open the door for Oklahoma or Ohio State or maybe a team out West, but that seems unlikely. Well, let's let's go out West. And, you know, you briefly touched on UCLA, so they stun LSU. Uh, my Trojans won. Thank you. That was a pretty easy W for him. Rest of the Pac-12 kind of meh, including uh, Washington losing to FCS Montana and your Ducks. <laughs> I know you, uh, you had some stains on those green tights of yours. Um, they made you sweat bad, they but did. we'll come back to them in a second. So did Chip Kelly just figure it out in all seriousness? Did, is, is it uh, solved in Westwood? So here's a couple things with, with Chip. Um, one is they have a very veteran team, right? They have 11 seniors starting on defense. Doran Thompson Robinson is in his fourth year starting quarterback. Uh, Greg Dulcich, their tight end, is going to be a top draft pick. We saw that move he made, that long touchdown run. They have veteran offensive linemen now. They're a very veteran team. 2019, they were the youngest team in the country, so they've improved and just kind of gotten older. But I think Chip, to his credit, has changed his offensive identity. We always have known that Chip has won around the football. Everyone thinks of or those Oregon teams as like uh, as, as these passing juggernauts. They were not, right? The, the, the pass was set up via the run. And at that time, everything was spread out. You're going tempo, going fast, going fast. 
UCLA now, man, they have packing things in, right? Multiple tight ends. And we saw against LSU, man, they brought out every freaking run they've ever had in their playbook. It was awesome. They were, they were, they were bringing, you know, wide receivers across and, and come, having them come in the, in like a counter, like the block. They're running windbacks. They're running duo plays with a wide receiver across. They're running all these things. Obviously the, the pin pull play they scored on, but even on that play, like the backside had a little bit of a wrinkle. So the backside linebacker would kind of eat up a little bit and, and the tackle could block him. So he couldn't get like the little X and O's stuff on my Twitter at Jeff Schwartz. You can find stuff that I geek out about, but I think Chip has reinvented who he is because his quarterback is just not that good in the end. I mean, he had some, some throws there, but a lot of guys are kind of open in those situations. And so he knows he can't really rely on being a spread out passing team because Jordan Thompson Brown just can't do that. And so he has reinvented himself. Now, again, are they the best team in the Pac-12 conference? I, I mean, that's a little much, I think, right now to say. Let's see them do it in the Pac-12 conference. But that's a big, good start to the season. Did the, the random ad playing on a website just come across your microphone? No, like it, it did, did not. No. Oh, okay. No, sorry. Well, then good. Then the audience... Is that on your, is that your side or my side? <laughs> no, that was on my side. Well, okay. what was happening was I was trying to look ahead at UCLA's schedule. And, it's, a tough, uh, it's a tough schedule for the... It's a tough Pac-12 conference schedule. So on, they're unlucky in that they, uh, they got Oregon. Not everyone has to face them. But the next two are pretty winnable, right? They get Fresno State and Stanford. Yeah. They're basically playing the same as USC. And then I, late in the year... They go, they go to the Coliseum against SC. Yeah. So they have a three-game stretch that, I mean, with Washington now, who knows, but it's at Washington, Oregon at home, at Utah, three straight weeks. That's a grind you know, yeah. for, for out west. I would say, though, it's ideal the Bruins have a bye this week because I would have picked Fresno State to cover that spread in a heartbeat if this game was Saturday. But they get that bye because of the Week 0 game. Uh, so And they get to feel great about it. Again, um, it, it's hard for me to really – say they're going to win the conference quite yet. But the conference is pretty wide open. I'll tell you why. Um, it's quarterback play. Quarterback play in the Pac-12 conference is not good right now. Keaton Slovis is good. And actually, I was actually impressed with, with his mobility at times in that game. I think he did a good job of getting outside of the pocket, not running downfield. It's not going to run, but just buying time, finding guys open. Jaden Daniels, Arizona State, is a pro prospect. He's a dual threat guy, but still just not very accurate at times. Anthony Brown to Oregon. I mean, he's just okay. Like they, they, he's just what we saw from him this past weekend is what he is. He's going to make some good throws in rhythm. Then he's going to have some moments when he's out of rhythm and guys are open. He misses them. He can really run the ball, specifically to Oregon. I just think Oregon, um, watching the film, they just were so bland, Gabe. Like they're, they're saving everything for Ohio State. It's same with LSU, UCLA. Like the Bruins clearly saved a bunch of stuff for LSU. They didn't run against Hawaii. And I feel like Oregon's in the same boat. There's a lot of instances where I'm like, guys, what are you doing? It's just, they're just, they just try to get through the game. I don't, I don't know if I like the mindset, but they just try to get through the game. But then look at the rest of the conference. Cal's quarterback, Chase Garber is like in his eighth year, still not good enough. Stanford's <laughs> rotating guys. Arizona's rotating guys. Oregon State bench their quarterback. Like it's just Washington, Dylan Morris. Gabe, I think you're better than Dylan Morris. Like Washington State bench their quarterback. Like they just the quarterback situation out west is atrocious right now, right? Oregon and Washington's best quarterbacks are 18 years old. Like they're not playing yet. They're too young. And so that's what's happening out west is our quarterback situation is just bad. Yeah, I mean that's the second time you took like a really pointless shot. I don't know at who. Me. I mean, there's no one else on this. Po I mean, I guess okay, Hank. And I, Nick? I, I, you know, just say some guy. Like you don't need to specifically point out that Nick, I'm not as you know a great athlete, and I but maybe I'm as Nick, good as some. Nick looks athletic. Nate, I, I'll go. I'll go with Hank. All right, thank you. 
I'm just going to make this a, a statement of fact. Keaton Slovis did look good and is a Heisman contender. Deal with it, Jeff. We can move on. Let's talk about that Oregon thing. You, you're saying they're holding something back for Ohio State next week. That yeah. is a major playoff preview, and they yeah. might be doing it with at least a hobbled, and we'll know their status as the week goes on. But Kayvon Thibodeau gets rolled up on, looks injured, doesn't play much. Like, scary. Yeah. What? Without him, they don't beat Ohio State, do they? Probably not. Uh, Mark Cristobal said today that he is day to day. I mean, it, it, look. So he got hurt, and God, he looked good, man. He, he is he so had, good. He, he had he had a pressure and a, then a strip sack on his first two uh, offensive, excuse me, defensive possessions uh, for Oregon, and then um, he got he got rolled up on. He came back in, and then at halftime they shut him down. I, I think again, when you watched Oregon play offensively, it was a game on the run game and the RPO action, which Joe Moorhead's really good at their OC. They just wasn't very much there. They, they weren't trying very much. Anthony Brown, again, missed some stuff. And yeah, Kayvon has got to play. But here's my hope for Oregon. Obviously, I'm an Oregon grad. They're 14-point underdogs. I've already bet Oregon. 14 is too many points. Um, here's, here's what I'm hopeful. If you look at Mario Cristobal, since he kind of got things in the right direction, 2018 was his first year. They went 7-6. and six. Last year, and then 19, they beat USC, won the Pac-12, and then beat Wisconsin in the Rose Bowl. And then last year, a little up and down. They had a bunch of opt-outs. Weird Pac-12 year. I don't know how much you want to count that, but they beat USC. And the bowl game they lost Iowa State was, it was an odd game. Whatever, they lost that game. But for the most part, in big games, Mark Cristobal has had his team ready to go. Auburn game, right, in 2019. Should have won that game, but they were ready to play, right? He's beat Washington twice. He's 2-0 against, against Chris Peterson, right? 2-0 against Washington. 2-0 against USC. Beat Wisconsin in the Rose Bowl. Played good against Iowa State for stretches without really any quarterback. That the bench are starting quarterback. So Oregon has played up in big games. They played down in other games, which is a problem. But they play up. And so I think we get Oregon playing up in this game. I like Oregon plus 14. We'll talk about that with Matt later in the week. Yeah, I like that. I'm curious to hear your sort of more detailed gambling takes. Then last thought on this um, in, in the conference, basically, you know, we, we've praised UCLA plenty. Can I just mention that maybe Coach O without Joe Burrow isn't really even anything special? That maybe, like, is that okay to say that they're just yeah, not great yes. without that it, guy? But look at look at, look at at college football. And this is why Alabama, go back to him, is pretty impressive. There's a lot of one-hit wonders, right? Auburn with Gene Chizik. Yeah. Florida State with with uh, with Jimbo and Jameis. Uh, now now Ed Orgeron with with uh, Joe Brady's o, is OC right play caller. Now with the Panthers and with Joe Burrow, kind of out of nowhere season. Um, yeah, there's a great possibility that that he's just okay as a coach because he was just. I mean, I didn't dislike him, but he was just okay in his and time USC. in SC. You know, yeah. he's fine. He's well. He's very well liked. I mean, he's a that's, well, yeah. that goes a long way. Well, of yeah. course. All right, let's talk about another guy who's well-liked. And everyone always, it seems in, in the college football world, you could explain it to me. Everyone is always talking about this as like the next guy, James Franklin, right? So he built up a couple programs. Now he's at, at Penn State. Probably the biggest win that I can think of for him at that program. Going into Wisconsin, you know, battling back the jump around crowd, uh, packed house, wins a game. Kind of an ugly game, as you mentioned. Um, well, here's what I think I learned. Penn State has enough D to compete with anyone in the Big Ten if they can do what they did in Madison. Well, yeah. And defensively, they've um, they were legit. Just offensively, still, it's really not been that great um, since actually Oregon's OC was there, which is uh, which was which was Joe Moorhead. Um, they've just had. 
And they haven't, you know, I'm looking at their schedule now. Like they just they they, they don't beat a lot of of their ranked conference opponents. Good, good start last year. I'm throwing out I'm throwing out last season, right? I'm, that season. Yeah, that was that, weird. That's a stupid season. But year before that, excuse me, they they do beat some of them, but they can't beat Ohio State, which is not good, obviously. You know, they lost to Minnesota. They beat Michigan. They beat Iowa. Um, and so they just have, they've had issues the year before. They lost to Ohio State, lost to Michigan. So they just kind of don't beat the two best teams on their, on their, on their, on their schedule every year. And, you know, 2017, they lost to the two uh, ranked opponents they played. Like, it's just, that's a concern, right? Is they just are good enough till they're not good enough. All right. Well, here's another version of what you're saying, just sort of pouring water on Big Ten teams. Um, here's a, a tweet, one tweet we found, and there's probably a lot like this. Watching a low-scoring Big Ten game, me, these offenses suck. Watching a low-scoring SEC game, these defenses are great. So why is there a double standard? I mean, you know? Um, I, I mean, I think it's more of the style of play, right? So I would argue that Wisconsin offensively was a big reason why that game was defensive, where Georgia and Clemson, it just was the defense. Like both defense were playing at a high level. Does that make sense? I think it does. I mean, it, yeah. you know, that's an answer at least to the total hypocrisy of most fans who yes say they hate something in one conference but love it in another. Correct. Real quick, because you talked about Iowa, and I think you were being a little bit sarcastic, but they beat uh, Penix over in Indiana, a guy who everyone wants to put in the Heisman race. But that was a that was a rough start to the season. And Indiana would have been a cool story. And there's all these media people who went to Indiana, so you always hear about them more than you should. Are we kind of done with any other Big Ten teams other than, let's say, Penn State and Ohio State? Or is Michigan in a conversation all of a sudden because they win? What, what do we have to worry about in that conference? I mean, as far as contenders for Ohio State, no one right now. Right. I mean, they're just they're just better. I'm, I'm Look, Michigan had a good, solid performance. Their best player got hurt. That was out for the season, the bell kid. So... That's not good, right? I mean, to have your your playmaker and offense that you're relying on go out, but you know they had a solid performance. They get, and they get Washington this week, so we'll see. Um, we'll see how they do. Washington obviously uh, got got pretty embarrassed. Well, that takes us to our big loser of the week. And uh, sorry to you know call any kids losers, but Washington did get embarrassed by Montana on Saturday. Only the fifth time an FCS team has ever beaten a ranked FBS team in the history of college football. The other examples are are well noted over the years. I mean, what, what do we make of that? So the the big difference between what happened with Washington and the rest of the teams, you know, Michigan lost, what, 35, 33-ish, right? 20, 32, 30, something like that. They lost like that. that yeah, was, it was like, close. It was a, it was a high-scoring sco- high game, high-scoring yeah. game. Washington scored seven points against Montana. They scored in the opening drive and then did not score the rest of the game. The rest of the game. I watched their film today, unfortunately, and oh, it's a tough go. The offensive line didn't play well. Quarterback Dylan Morris didn't play well. And I told people that Washington's offense was going to be a problem this year. They weren't very good last year. Their coach has not been known to have an explosive offense. But this is even worse than anything else. I mean, this is, guys, I was I was upset that Oregon barely beat Fresno. I mean, Fresno is an, an, F, is an F, FBS team, right? Like, they're, they're a real team. Um, and they might win the Mountain West. This Montana, I'll give you one more one more comment on this. Weber State and Montana are ranked, I think, six and se- six and eight in the FCS rankings during the season. And Utah in the Pac-12 was up 40 to 10 against Weber State on Thursday. Like, that's what you're supposed to do, right? 40 to 10. Washington scored seven freaking points 
against Montana. Now they head to Michigan. Um, I like Michigan went into the gambling stuff on Thursday, but I've already bet a side on that game as well. All right. Well, uh, my friends who went to Michigan, you meet a lot of them when you grow up where I did. Uh, they're all very excited because they think they got their quarterback. So another couple dishonorable mentions. We'll get out of here and make sure everyone check out Tuesday's show as well as Thursday's show. Jeff has mentioned the bets come in on Thursday. Uh, what was with F's, uh, Florida State icing their own kicker? And uh, what's with preseason rankings in general? We'll wrap it up there. Well, but, but he denies his kicker, right? They, they got a review and they moved the ball up 15 yards. I mean, that's important to kick. I mean, he, he like, why would he want to kick a 50-yard field when he could kick a, a, a 37 or 36-yard field goal? Okay, like, what? that's a fair point. I don't, I don't understand why he got, he got killed for that. All right, take it up with the internet. And then preseason rankings end on that note. Pretty stupid, aren't they? Um, it's, it's good for our business, right? It's good for, um, you know, kind of, kind of where teams are at just in the minds of, of everyone. But look, Oklahoma, number two, right? And going off the AP poll, uh, they struggled. Clemson, number three, lost. Number four, Ohio State struggled. Georgia won at five. Iowa State at seven struggled. Uh, 10, North Carolina lost. 12 lost. Um, 14, Miami lost. 16 lost. 17 lost. 20 got, got beat Washington. Um, uh, so it's just... Outside of the top of two or three teams, I think there is a lot of parity in the sport right now. Um, and so we'll see as we head into week two if the offenses get going. A lot, a lot of defense the first weekend. A lot of defense. Yeah, it did It did feel like a few games that had turnovers and good defensive stops in critical spots. So fun week one, big week two, as you mentioned, sort of Ohio State, Oregon feels like, at least for this show, the one we're most excited about. But uh, a whole slate, you'll be talking about it two more times this week. I had fun today, Jeff. Thanks for making me smarter. Yeah, I love talking college football. Um, it's... Uh... Oh, there's so there's just so much to, to do this year. I mean, there were like 65 games this weekend. <laughs> like it's a, it's a lot to do, and uh, I have a lot of fun doing it. So we'll be back on Tuesday with our NFL show, and then Thursday we'll talk more about the games heading into the weekend as we preview them uh, on the gambling side. We'll do that. All right, guys, talk to you later.